any form can take root and grow. It just depends on what you want to do and what you want to get accomplished. And there's no right or wrong. It's what you want to do. There's over 1.9 million podcasts. Most of them never see the results they expected. They want to monetize, but their show ends up costing them money and they never achieve the listenership they desire. This show will help you launch, grow, monetize, and inspire with your podcast. Get ready to take notes. This here's your host, Adam Adams. Welcome back to the podcast on podcasting. I'm your host, Adam, Triple A Adams. And I'm stoked because with this podcast, the main goal is to be able to deliver value to you. So if you're a podcaster and you want to build an audience, grow an audience, serve an audience, maybe even monetize with your audience, you're going to get value from this show. And especially today, because we got Brett Johnson, who is the founder of Circle 270 Media. Circle 270 Media is out in Columbus, Ohio, and he serves podcasters out there. So I want to learn a lot about what he's doing with other podcasters. I think a lot of it comes with the strategy in the beginning, what you need to do, being able to go ready, aim, fire versus just ready, fire, aim. So we'll see if that's part of what he does. And then the other thing that I was going to mention is he can serve podcasters outside of the area as well, even though most of the questions that I'm going to ask are directed to his general area. And here's the secret, Brett, close your ears. Here's the secret. I'm secretly going to ask him this because I'm wondering if I should be doing a local podcast scene too. So I need to learn as much as I can anyway. But we'll find out how he serves his audience. We'll make sure that we add value to him, add value to you. And at the end of the day, help you grow your show because it's sponsored by growyourshow.com. So Brett, welcome to the show. I think I will just be honest with my listener. You and I recorded about 10 minutes of the show already. Sure. But I wasn't sure what part was recorded and what exactly. part wasn't because I pushed the wrong buttons and we just did it over again. So yep. if Brett, you go, go through any of the podcasting, you're going to have those kind of days. It's just going to happen. Everybody experiences <laughs> it and you just suck it up and move on or re-record whatever has to happen. So, yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. So even though we went into this, the first thing that I want to talk about, because you have a big, long history in broadcast, 35 years in media management. And as part of that, you're comfortable in knowing these things called mic flags that not everybody knows about. They're not regular old flags. They look a little bit different. If you wouldn't mind, you've got one on your podcast that I really think helps brand your show. Could you share with our listener who's another potential podcaster who's trying to launch their show? what it is, how you use it, and maybe if they need to invest in one. And how I don't know how much they cost. So it's a four-part sure. question. Sure, exactly. Yeah. Mic flags are uh, just a branding opportunity that you can put on your mic stand or mic boom arm, whatever the case might be. I wouldn't look at doing this unless you have some video piece of your podcast or you do a lot of video. Even if you're just doing video networking, possibly at least it's branding that you can use. I picked this up with my broadcast history. I knew that Broadcast Supply Warehouse, uh, BSWUSA.com, has them. And it's really more of a broadcast piece of equipment than it is podcasting, but podcasters are starting to catch on, especially if they're doing a lot of video. And you, know, you can pick it up as a, a three-sided or a four-sided. You can have them printed up already with your logo on it, or just go to your computer, print off your logo on photo paper, 
and tape it on there. You really can't see it, you know, that it's not part of it. As long as you use the glossy side, it looks great on video. And being three-sided, if you've got maybe two or three different podcasts, you can just flip it around to the podcast that you're actually doing at that time. So, so smart. I'm not going to move it because I don't want to make a bunch of mic sound. But on the other side of this, I have my Note to Future Me podcast logo ah. on the other side. So if you do it cool. multiple, you have different things that you want to show off, just flip it around before the video starts and you've got branding going on. So that is freaking being brilliant. Creative. Just be creative. Yep. So for you personally, because you mentioned bswusa.com is where we might be able to find stuff like this. You mentioned that we can either buy them without any logos on it, just blank, white or black, and just get it sent to us. And then we could put our own stickers or whatever. We could print it out. And I was wondering for you, like when you have, maybe if somebody has a triple mic, like the flag that you have, if somebody has a triple mic flag, and they do want to have three different podcasts or maybe one's their business, mm. one's their first podcast, and one is whatever else. My question would be, do you know if you can go to BSW and have all three sites different or would they only be able to do all three sites the same? More than likely, you could probably have three sites done differently. Probably. Okay. It's going to be a high cost factor though, because of just the print job on it. Got it. That might come down to maybe doing a Google search on some other companies that offer mic flags as well too, and do the printing as well. I, I think the inexpensive way is really just get them blank and then print off your own logo on it. And again, on a video cool. screen, you won't be able to tell the difference. But if you're only one logo on three sides, yeah, I say it's worth investment because it, it'll look better overall, especially if you're in a studio situation. It, you know, this sort of thing is if you're in studio or on video, we got to keep in mind that podcasting is it's showbiz. We have to keep that. It's that the excitement of getting on mic, having a conversation, knowing that people are going to watch the video, but add a little pizzazz to it, <laughs> add a little bit go. to it. I mean, that's why Love we it. have the virtual backgrounds we have, you know, now we're really making note of what is in the background during a Zoom, you know, yeah. meeting and conference. So be creative in, in what's showing while you're on, on camera. Thank you for letting me do that quick tangent there. I really want to talk about, you know, your business out in the Circle 270 area, Columbus, Ohio, and how you've been serving people. And I want to do it more like a, in a step-by-step -step type fashion, like just understanding when you have a client come to you locally, what do you do first to serve them? Second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, kind of in a sequential order. Also, just make sure that the listener knows this works whether or not he's working with somebody locally or somebody in another state. So anyway, yeah, let me know kind of the steps that you go through when you're serving your perfect client. Sure. That perfect client really is just interested in podcasting and hasn't really done anything with it yet. So they're in that, okay, I know I need to do this. What do I need to do? So the first step is going to be exploring what do you want to do with this content you're going to create? What's the audience? What's your mission statement? How does it, I work mostly with businesses who are creating branded or just business podcasts that are basically a soft call to action. They're not really selling a product via the podcast. It's a branding opportunity or it's a networking opportunity. And those are the questions we dig into deep going, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to create this podcast so you can talk to your clients and bring them in kind of a value added? Do you want to network with this podcast? In other words, you want to talk to some really cool people and network and bring them on your show just to talk about their business, what they're doing and such. Or is it an opportunity for you to build up some street cred that you want to build up your brand personally and just let your thoughts flow. 
And the approach to podcasts are much different when you look at all three of those different arenas because of the end result, okay? If it's a podcast that's just about you, then you're branding. And that's got to be the focus. And the content is all on you. (laughs) Every episode you need to create, you need to create, you need to create. You've got guests coming in to network, you know, get in front of cool people. That's a different load that you've got to recognize because it's a scheduling issue now, (laughs) bringing people in and knowing that they're going to be ready in studio or on Zoom at that time. After we figure that out, the next steps are, let's lay out a game plan. If you're going to be interviewing, who do you want to target to interview? And let's get them on calendar. If it's going to be content that you create yourself, what's your calendar like? What are you going to do week after week after week? Or what is your frequency? What do you want to do? A lot of it is being honest with your own time. Be honest with yourself. What time are you going to put into this podcast? How much time can you put in this podcast? And is, is there a minimum, Brett? Like if somebody wants to do once a month, is that enough? It is if you're realistic in regards to how fast it's going to grow. The more often you publish, the faster your podcast will grow. Bottom line, it's just going to. I advocate at least twice a month, maybe target like a first and third Mondays to publish or a second and fourth Mondays or Wednesdays. There is some magic to certain days, but not really. Just make it happen. Don't overanalyze what days you need to be publishing. That can change, honestly. It's figuring out what you want to do with that podcast and that content and get it done. But I'd say minimally two times a month. Um, You can always do more, but once your audience expects, let's say you go weekly and they expect a weekly podcast and you start pulling back because of time, you're going to have a lot of disappointed listeners because they're expecting that great content from you every week. Start slowly, build it up. I'd say every other week, don't get lost in the numbers. Don't worry about the numbers. It really comes down to create, create, create. It all will come together, but you have to take that first step and just do it and figure out what do you want to get accomplished with this podcast? It's some soul searching. What do you want to do? Yeah. I like that. It was insightful how you said it. Of course, like when I sit down with my clients, I do something similar. I always want to extract what they're trying to achieve, who they're trying to get in front of and things like that. But you said something that I never really thought of it that way. I mean, I definitely try to decide, are you going to interview people? Is it just going to be you or are you going to do a hybrid is how I always think of it. Mm -hmm. But you said something that kind of opened my mind to a new way of looking at it. Are you branding? Because if so, you're more likely needing to do more solo episodes, Mm -hmm. monologues, or I like to call them dialogues because you're speaking with your audience, but you're going to be doing more monologues. Or if it's for networking, then of course you need to be interviewing other people. And I wondered... If out of all the clients that you've worked with over the years, I know you've been in this business for 35-ish years, maybe not podcasting because it didn't exist that far ago, right. but you've been in you know this business for that long. Is there a difference between the two? Like, I guess in, to the effect of, is there a benefit to doing one or the other? Does one of them grow faster? Does one of them have more likely for you to do more business? Or does it really just depend? And if so, what does it depend on? I'm going to go with depends, <laughs> really. Okay. Uh, again, it comes down to what you want to do with that podcast. Let's say your business wants some kind of outreach to thank your clients, your vendors. And the podcast is a really good way 
to thank your vendors and you just bring them in and talk about their business. It's just a value added. So therefore, you're kind of solidifying your vendor's business by giving them some spotlight in your podcast. There's no money exchange. It just comes down to, I have 15 people that I work with and I've worked with them for years. I want everybody to know about you because I love you guys, that sort of feel to it. Or it can be a networking opportunity with your podcast that you want to talk to people that you want to be your clients. Mm -hmm. So you get to exchange a little bit of inside of what you're doing. You get to hear about their business, actually learning about their business an easier way than calling them up on the phone and asking them, okay, how many employees do you have? You know, that general phone call about asking about their business. We'll bring them on a podcast and find out about their business. You're cold calling through a podcast (laughs) when it comes down to it. And look at it that way and then turn it into continuing the relationship. I mean, you're not going to make a sale from that relationship, but boy, if that episode kind of catches fire and a lot of people listening to it and your guest hears that, that podcast they were on that he hears, she hears like, Oh, I heard you on that. I heard you on that. Wow. That you did a great job. All of a sudden it cements a relationship and you get to take it to the next step and the next step and the next step. That's what we talk about initially. What do you want this podcast to do? So any form can take root and grow. It just depends on what you want to do and what you want to get accomplished. And there's no right or wrong. It's what you want to do with it. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed coming from the real estate space, I've been doing real estate investing for like 16 years. And with in the podcast space of other real estate investors, which I'm, I'm really familiar with those podcasts. I've been serving them for a while and knowing them for a while. They've been friends. Some of them, I helped them launch their podcasts and that kind of stuff. But one thing that I think is just so critical that you touched on is you can A, do business with your guest. That's something that I think a lot of them miss. And B, you need to really be cautious who you're even serving because a lot of the podcasters in that real estate space, they don't want to have a coaching or a mentoring program, but they are serving people that want to do the business. And they're thinking that they're going to get passive investors like OPM for their deals, for example. Mm -hmm. And so this can be translated into any business really. But with these podcasters, what I try to tell them is, why don't you do this? Why don't you have more passive investors on your podcast, asking them their experience with passive investing, what their goals are with passive investing, what they've gotten with passive investing. And number one, you're more likely to be able to, at the end of the day, they might just say, what do you do? And you say, I raise money for real estate deals. And they say, oh, maybe we could work together because you're kind of more well-connected now. So that's A, you could do business with them. And B, you are also doing a better job serving the person that you want listening anyway. So if you're not trying to have a coaching program in that one thing, but you just want those clients, you need to be having people that are like them on your podcast. Yeah, I agree. I think the the end result is something has to happen at the end of that podcast, whether it's a call to action, which again, you should, or they listen to that podcast and I just listened to two of them today that I literally pass along to two people that they need to listen to these two episodes because we just had a conversation about this two days ago. If you have shareable moments in your podcast, you have done your job. Nice. You have. You've created content that's energized, that's educated. You're empathetic with the listener because you've connected with them on some level. You said something 
that just like, I got to go and follow this guy. I got to go follow this lady because I love what she said. He said in this podcast, and I'm sharing it with this person, this person, you do that, even though you'll never know that it happened, but that's got to be the goal. It's got to be shareable content that energizes that listener to do something. And, and so, it will come, it'll come back to you. It'll come back. I, I, I agree. And I love that. I like the thought process of making sure that you have shareable content, not just content, making sure that it's funny, that it's humorous, that it's insightful, that it's new. There's got to be something in there mm-hmm. because if you don't have that, it's not really thought leadership because my definition of thought leadership is a way to get people to talk about you when you're not in the room. So if you're not doing that one thing, then you don't truly have a thought leadership. You're just speaking to, you know, one or two people. So yeah, I, I doing, think that's you're doing it for I the wrong reason. Important. Yeah, yeah. You're doing it for the wrong reason. You're, you've gone into it because I want to generate leads. There you go. Okay. I think <laughs> there's probably a better way of doing that, <laughs> honestly, because uh, this is going to take a lot of time to do that. It will do it if that's what you want to do, but you can't go into it thinking that <laughs> because it'll drain you. You have to be excited to get the mic open and be ready for that next episode. Sorry to interrupt you. What One of the things that you mentioned before is just when I was kind of having you try to go sequentially, I don't know why I can't say that word today, but um, when I was trying to have you go through that, you started with branding. And I think that does sound like the most obvious first step. But once you have that, where do you go now? Is it buying the equipment? And if so, what kind of equipment? You know, what's the second step? All right. I just went through this with a, a potential client yesterday. I was on the phone with him for an hour talking about equipment. And his big thing, my, my question to him was, what do you want to do again with the podcast? And his answer was, I'm going to take equipment out and I'm going to interview people at conferences or go to their house. I mean, he's going to go out and do it. It's like, that changes the conversation about what equipment to buy because you want some mm-hmm. roadworthy microphones. You want some stuff that's going to take some travel versus, okay, if you're just going to do it in your home, or your home office and have a microphone on an arm, a boom arm and recording equipment, that's a different type of equipment. So do you have to ask yourself, what are you going to do with this podcast? Are you going to travel? Are you can put it in a bag and you, you know, be at conferences, trade shows. And when we start opening up with that and you want to interview people at that time, that's going to be a different piece of equipment than it will be if you're just going to be doing something in your home office. Okay. And, and that's where the discussions start. Or if it's a hybrid, well, there are pieces of equipment that'll take care of that as well, too, that you can easily take what you use in your home office, take it with you, and you'll be fine. That stops you from buying $600 microphones for the road. You don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> They're not built for the road. <laughs> what mic are you using today? I just picked this up about a couple of weeks ago. It's a Shure MV7. It's nice. one of the new... Uh, I, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was, but I know you'd been doing this for a long time and I'm like, that just came out. So, because uh, yeah. I can't see the whole thing. But So right. I actually just bought the MV7 as well. And what did they come out? Like a month ago or two? Uh, late They're not old. No, they aren't. Late 2020, I think it was, because they, okay. they made a big splash because of the USB component yeah. to it. And that sure look to it, that solid, you know, hanging it, that professional look. <laughs> Is it everything you wanted? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Nice. I haven't done anything th- via the USB component to it of the uh-huh. manipulations you can use. So I've run mine right through my Roadcaster Pro into the computer. So I'm, I'm able to adjust my okay. volume to you through a Roadcaster Pro and listen through the Roadcaster Pro. Got it. So does that mean that even though it has that app that you get on your mm-hmm. computer that allows you to have like long mode or close mode? Right. You don't use that because it's going through the roadcaster? Right. Yeah. You oh, have okay. to use it through the USB system through your computer. 
So I could have done that as Got well it. too, but I, I like the flexibility running through a Rodecaster Pro or another you know, recording device because I can control the volume a little bit more. But um, yeah, I played a little bit with it, with the USB settings and such. Nice. You can really sound great <laughs> using their app, putting a lot more bass and compression, some limiting. It does a really good job for the price point that they're asking. It's well nice. worth it. That's probably if you're at a lower end, like an ATR 2100, and you're looking for an upgrade, I think the Shure MV7 is probably the, the direction to go, honestly, because you're used to that USB XLR connection opportunity, and that's a good upgrade. So if we could stick on products for a little while, mm-hmm. as you mentioned the Rodecaster Pro, and you probably have the Rodecaster Pro 2, most likely. And there's also this other machine that came out, I think like six months ago or so that I just picked up or it's coming. It's on its way with my Shure. Mm-hmm. It's a um, Zoom. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the rest of it. It's called a Zoom Pod Track P4. Yep. And Zoom Pod Track came out with a P8 that rivals the Roadcaster. Have you worked with some of these? And do you have any pros and cons if somebody wants to be feeding into a mixer ahead of time, um, an audio interface before they go to, you know, their computer. Sure. I think um, the the Rodecaster Pro and the P8 are probably good for studio situations or home studio that you're not traveling around with them. They're not really built to to travel. They can, but if you you can have a really good insulated case to travel with. The P4, though, on the other hand is ready to travel. And that's actually the recorder that I suggested to this gentleman yesterday to use because of the mic inputs, the individual headphone jacks, as well as it's got its own mix minus jack. You could take a phone call through it. Mm-hmm. You could do that anywhere. And you're a broadcast station when you have this P4. Bottom line, that's what you are. Cool. You can take phone call and you can record two or three other people with a small handheld device. You're rocking it. You can take it anywhere and do what you need to do. Cool. Yeah. I just, I felt like I should have at least one place where my mic went before it went to my computer. And it was thinking between like a cloud lifter or one of the other kind of mixers that doesn't have the ability to have all those sounds. And I saw this P4 was only like $200 compared to some of the other things out there that don't have any of that capability. I don't remember the decibel, the DBs or whatever they're called lifts up. I think it like adds 60 or 70, which you need for some mics like the mic that you're using. Well, it's a great mic, right? It's kind of like a new version of the mic that Michael Jackson recorded Thriller on the SM7. SM7. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that other mic is epic. I have it at my other recording studio and I love that mic. But I think that it needs a cloud lifter mm-hmm. to be able to sound better. Do you use one for, for this setup that you have today, or do you feel like it's unnecessary? I don't need it through Rodecaster Pro or the Zoom P4, and I'm sure the P8's the same way. It, it has that quote-unquote cloud lifter already built in. It's recognizing what mic you're putting into it and, and does the job. It's built to do that. So like the Rodecaster Pro or the P8, even a P4, you could, if you had a studio situation and just let it set, it will take care of what it needs to take care of. It will take care of the job for you. So that's really nice with now. I think that manufacturers are recognizing what we need from them. And we don't want this piece to have to plug into this piece and this piece. It just becomes 
a hurdle to jump into buying tech. And tech is already hard enough to take a look at. There are way too many suggestions. You, you know, can Google it and too many YouTube opportunities. And you can do this, do this, do this. But those tutorials and those YouTube videos really don't throw back at you. Think about what you'd want to do with it. And that's kind of what we just went through. You need somebody to throw these ideas off of. This is yeah. what I want to do. What do you suggest? Well, think yeah. about what you're going to do. And if you're going to travel, you need something that's roadworthy. If you're going to be so, in the studio, do something else. I agree with that 100%. And in fact, speaking of Zoom, I have a couple thoughts to bring up with you. Speaking of Zoom, the not Zoom, the recording, Zoom.us, yeah. which actually we're recording this on Zoom. But through their Zoom, I don't know if they're the same company or not. You can buy these other products from Zoom, the P8, the P4. I also have a handheld recorder that's supposed to be pretty epic. I don't really use it. My goal with it was to be able to record podcasts out on the street. So go to like downtown Denver and just have this handheld Zoom with a SD card in it, a micro SD or whatever, and just ask questions back and forth. You know, do you do podcasting or are you in real estate or whatever the case is? I thought it would be an interesting, I haven't done it yet, which is interesting. I've owned it for three years. I thought it would be an interesting way to approach podcasting to kind of go to the streets for it. So I do have a little handheld one as well. But speaking about Zoom, there's another that you talked about the ATR2100, which is a microphone from what's the company AT? Yeah, Audio Technica. Audio Technica. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's about a $69 mic, I think, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. And there's Another kind of rival to it, I think it's called the Zoom Pod Mic. It's like 99 bucks or so. Yeah, I haven't tested it or seen anybody talk about that one yet. Um, okay. But yet I know that the USB mic, there's a lot of competition for it. A lot of competition. So I think the manufacturers are realizing you know, we need to come up with some really good alternative to the ATR2100 because that is the go-to. You ask any podcaster that's been in it for a couple of years or five or 10 years, you know, the beginning, they would say ATR2100, no doubt, hands down, buy it. You know, you, you will never go wrong. You'll love it. It'll handle travel as long as you're micing yourself up properly and using it around your mouth the right way. It rivals anything, anything you can buy, you know, $100 to $150 range. Now, if you buy a $1,000 Neumann mic, that's no, <laughs> you know, those are designed to make you sound really, really good, but it will do the job. And, and you'll never be ashamed of the sound. Let's put it that way. A lot of good so, stuff. Yeah. I, I, could, I could hang out with you for hours and hours and hours, especially just geeking out on different uh, equipment that's out there. But I think we've mentioned a few products. We've mentioned the Shure MV7, mm -hmm. the Shure SM7B. We've mentioned the ATR2100. We've mentioned the Rode um, PodMic. I have a place on my website where you can look at all of these. So if this is just for the listener, if you're looking and you want to see what equipment's out there, all of those happen to be already on my PDF. So you can just download the PDF. And as of right now, you don't have to put in an email or anything like that. So it, I'm not even doing a lead capture for, for this, but it might be a good resource for you to see, you know, four different levels of green screens, if you want them, four different levels of webcams, if you want them, four different levels of, of podcast microphones, if 
again, you'll you'll need those and we'll have boom arms and everything like that is on there. So you can just jump in there. It's a total free resource for you. It just basically goes from the Honda to the Rolls Royce uh, and everything in between. So four different levels. In fact, it's funny, Brett, because everything that you mentioned, all of the ones that you brought up, like the ATR 2100 and the mic that I just bought, mm-hmm. it's, it's on its way and you're using, that's all on there. So anyway, that should be valuable to the listener. What I want to do, Brett, is because we did have to re-record and, uh, and I appreciate you. I'm so grateful that you have like the best personality when something goes wrong. Cause everybody else would be cussing up a storm, <laughs> mad at me. Maybe you are mad and you're not going to show it until you get off the call, but you've just been awesome. So what I want to do is I want to direct the listener who's a podcaster themselves to your website, circle27media.com which is your website where you do co- coaching and consulting and helping people launch the podcast. You do, you, it sounds like you do post-production as well. Yeah, we basically okay. take it from the very beginning to end and keep the podcaster going. I mean, my ultimate goal is to eliminate as many hurdles as possible for a business podcaster. I mean, they have better things to do. They have more important things to do, run their business, but they recognize this is an important part of their branding, part of their marketing, and, and also explore how many ways we can use this podcast in their marketing strategy. So it's not just come in studio, record, and it's done. Well, let's find out how many other ways we can use this, especially if it's evergreen content, to continue to bring people and listen to this podcast and basically get your business down the road. Of course, you want everything you do marketing, you want some type of business, but it's all in concert. You have to do lots of little things. And my job is to make your podcast worth your time to do it and to get excited about it and keep excited about it. When it becomes a chore, we're done. It's the end of the road. We have to keep you excited about the next time, the next time, the next time, the next time. What can we do next? What can we do next? Why don't you take, and thank you for going into that. So that's again, that circle 270 media.com. And Brett, why don't you take us, um, you know, 30, 60 seconds just to mention your podcast, what it's about and how they can follow you. Sure. My podcast is notetofutureme.com. I started my business back in 2016 and really jumped into it full-time, left radio in 2018. And I hadn't started the podcast yet, but I had a lot of people asking me, it's like, well, what's your podcast? You're a podcast consultant. You probably have one. It's like, no, I don't. And and I told myself, I'm not jumping into a podcast just to do it because I have to. And uh, an idea came to me as a evolution of, uh, not evolution, but, you know, turning of the year. And I heard somebody talking about that. They left a notepad beside their bed, that they have these ideas at night and, and they were forcing themselves to get up and write it down, kind of a note to future me. And I'm going, that's a good idea for a podcast that I just create a podcast that I'm actually making a note to myself for future me that this is happening. And it's just there. And I initially started this podcast. All I did was use my iPhone and talked into my iPhone, recorded it, and published it. So it was okay. a truly a dictation phone <laughs> that I was doing. That's how it started. So you know, I can at least say, yeah, I did it, and I started it that way. You can create a podcast with your phone if you needed to, because that was the the intention of Note to Future Me. And it's it's grown into more than that now of talking to businesses about how their podcasts are, how that why they started, how they how they're developing it, and such. So I'm interviewing podcasters as well too with Note to Future Me and my thoughts about podcasting. So it's kind of over all over the board, but it is all about podcast. So it's very meta. Perfect. So note to future me, 
helps podcasters. Is that accurate? That's what, yes, okay, perfect, sure. perfect, perfect. So if you're listening to this show, you might be a good listener for Note to Future Me. You can find it at notetofutureme.com if you'd like to, or wherever you're listening to this show, just search for Note to Future Me and you'll find Brett Johnson. Push that button and click subscribe. And hey, if you actually do that, why don't you say that you heard about him on this show? I'm sure yep. that will give him the warm and fuzzies and, and I that'll make you Adam feel right good. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right away. Thank you for the subscription, Adam. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Brett, I really appreciate you spending time with me. I really appreciate your attitude for the mishaps that happened, even though we don't have to tell my listener about it. But I do tell my listener about almost all of them because if they think that I'm perfect, they might not even want to start. I make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes, but it's okay to make mistakes. That's how we fail forward. So Brett, I've got your circle270media.com. I've got the note to future me.com already in the show notes. So the listener can scroll down, grab those. I'm going to let you go. I really, really, really appreciate you adding so much value to our listener and to the listener. If you want to grow your show, take it to the next level. We do marketing. We do a lot of marketing for, for podcasters. What we do that's special is the people that we're marketing for, they generally are getting into the top 1% or higher. We have many, many clients that are in the top 10th of 1% or the top third of 1% or the top fifth of 1%, five times better than just being in the top 1%. And it all becomes because we start doing a strategic plan to get out in front of your perfect avatar so that you can attract more clients and maybe even have more sponsorship dollars for your podcast so it doesn't have to come out of your pocket. Thanks again, Brett. I'm going to let you go. Bye for now. This episode is brought to you by growyourshow.com. Grow Your Show lets you be the star of your show while we handle all the hard stuff. We offer reliable and affordable post-production services that allow you to grow your show organically without all the work. So go ahead and check out the website right now and feel free to schedule a call with me and let's take your show to the next level. Again, growyourshow.com. You just press record. We handle the rest.